Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Hey, this is Tim. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about the players, every player on the roster. Makes it a two-point game. Oh, here's your mismatch right here. Now it's Luka. Deep three on Luka Magic! Welcome to 77 Minutes in Heaven, a Dallas Mavericks podcast that's part of the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm Tim Cato. I write about the Mavericks. We've got Dave Dufour. He talks about the Mavericks. And we uh, we have an entire roster to look at, Dave. Every player, like, I, w- I want five minutes of your thoughts on Nate Hinton before we get to the end of the show. <laughs> I don't know if I have five minutes worth of thoughts at this point on Nate Hinton, but, uh, you know, <laughs> I do I do like him. <laughs> Well, that's uh, that's all that matters. He gets the the Dave Dufour uh, seal of certificate. approval. Yeah, seal of approval. It's a that's seal. A, that's a better word than certificate. Yeah, it's an official seal. Um, not a plush seal. Not a toy seal. Not not a seal on a beach. But it's like a gold embossed seal of approval for Nate. Speaking Hinton. of seals, I hope all of your windows are properly sealed and that you're staying warm, Dave. Yeah, it's cold. It's very. Um, cold. Yeah, it's cold. Uh, it got to negative nine last night. Negative nine. Goodness. In Texas, yeah, I don't like that. I didn't sign up for this, Tim. That's 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 not a that's not a number that should be associated with our great, wonderful state, which has no problems. No, 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 it's perfect here. Uh, <laughs> so you know, hey, before we jump into our, our little roster check in, uh, we should just note that the the Mavs have looked a little better. Yeah, quite a bit better, I think. Yeah. It's the stuff that we've talked about. They're they're making the shots that they should make at a higher clip than they have been, and it looks better. Yeah, but man, there's there's still some issues. Yeah, and and with the the format of this episode being player by player, I don't know how much we're actually going to touch on team defense as a larger problem, but it goes without saying that is the biggest issue for this team right now. And mm-hmm. whenever they play next, uh, it won't be Wednesday. It could be Friday and Saturday. Uh, it's possible one of those games also gets suspended um, or postponed, I believe the, the right wording would be. But that is where the team can make its improvement right now. And, well, if it, if it continues to be an issue, obviously it will be the the sole focus of uh, our next pod. But let's just go player by player. I've got uh, I've got the, the list up right here, and I figure we just go by minute played averages. Um just a nice, easy way to kind of coast through the the 17 players. Um, obviously, we will talk a lot more about the first 10 players or so than, than the rest. We'll kind of um, breeze wait, through that. hold on, Tim. In our pre-production meeting, you told me that this podcast was just going to be about Boban. <sighs> you can't trust me. I changed my mind and a lot. Very the need Boban. for Boban to play 40 minutes a game, it's long overdue. Like, this is just, it's been needed. 41 minutes in honor of Dirk. That's what we need. Does he even have 41 minutes on the season? Would the defense get worse? He has 108 minutes this season, Boban does. Would the defense get worse if Boban was the center for 40 minutes? That's an interesting question. It would be. It would. But 
it, it's hard to imagine the defense getting worse. I'll, I'll say that much. Yeah. It does. It does. Uh, it's bad. It's bad. I don't. I don't have. I don't have energy. I'm too cold to, to think about. The offense is better. That's good. maybe. Maybe they're just cold. Maybe all the players are cold, and so they're not moving, up to the speed they should be, on the court. You ever think about that? No, I literally have not thought about. You, that. you ever play basketball? Cold? The it's not rink? fun. Yeah, I like hate the first the first cold. ten minutes. The first ten minutes before you really get that that warm, war, mm-hmm. you get warm. I get yeah, just get warm. Yeah, it's, it's rough. Feels mm-hmm. like feels like you're kind of feels like the air is just a little bit denser. So, anyway, Luka Doncic, he's very good. He set a career high with 46 points. That is um, a lot of points, and it's funny that he had not hit that before. That that his his previous career high, if, if we're talking regular season and postseason, was actually that that 43 and the game winning shot he hit against the Clippers last August. So that was his career high. I mean, he's been over 40. Three times in the last five games. Yeah, he kind of he kind of would get to forty two a few times and get stuck, mm-hmm. and so it was inevitable that this was going to happen. And he is, you know, he's incredible. Um, it's in, wild to me that he just added a mid range shot that he's taking three times as many. Completely shocking. Yeah, I mean, it is and it isn't like in the sense that obviously every single thing about you know this player has. You know, every single part of basketball has always come easy for this player. But it shouldn't be this easy. It's well, That's absurd. You know, if I can add some context here, right? Like, that's a look that he gets. Right. Because as much as we have, you know, shaken our fists at him for how bad he's shooting threes, teams still guard him. They're still, like, opposing defenses are telling you that Luka can shoot threes just fine. Enough that he's guarded. And so, you know Luca. he wants to get to the basket. He's great around the basket. He's great in the post. Well, defenses know that too, and they don't want him there. So the mid-range is there, and now he's actually capitalizing on that shot. And I, I guess I'm not surprised that he's making the open looks, but I'm surprised that he's doing this well. After last season, I just wasn't impressed with his mid-range game at all. I need to write about it. I think I think we could kind of break it down to like four different types of shots that he has mm-hmm. just emerged the season as 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 taking. Um, just with some numbers on it, he's he's taking about six, or sixteen percent of the shots he takes are from ten to sixteen feet, and he's hitting fifty one percent on them. Yeah, great number. And forty eight percent on the longer two. Yes, yeah, forty eight percent on those, and and he's not taking as many of those, and that's good because it's obviously harder to keep percentages up on on shots that are longer than 16 feet but not threes Mm -hmm. he also now by the way has the his best career three-point shooting percentage yeah he's up to 34 percent. and i tweeted the other day and i got people mad at me um i feel like they just missed the point of the tweet my my tweet was that when luca is hitting threes he's the best offensive player i I do feel that but he's got to hit threes though right right to hit that qualification yeah I mean, him hitting threes is just this season's LeBron. It's really not that much different. So, <laughs> well, I mean, I, I understand the, the premise of what you're saying, but I also I can play I mean, I guess if we're going to be pedantic about it, then you're absolutely insane. But I get the spirit of what you were saying. I mean, offensively, I don't understand how they're fundamentally that much different. I mean, they they go about what they do in different ways, and. Mm-hmm. But Luca is averaging more more points off drives than any player ever has um, since we've been able to kind of track that stat, which I think is only sure. ten years or so. But that was uh, that came from Sports Illustrated's Michael Pina. 
he had that stat in a article I believe today. And I thought that was that was pretty interesting and telling. So when you have a, a player who's that dominant driving, and then you know on nights where he is hitting his jump shot as well, it's it's very very difficult. And 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 this is this is why we were surprised the offense was down because that type of player is a top ten offense by themselves. And you know maybe maybe not if Wes Wundu and Josh Green are both on the court with him, <laughs> but. Generally, you put some competent NBA players, which the Mavericks have and are finally playing and have all healthy again. Mm-hmm. You're going to be a top five, a top ten defense, or sorry, a top ten offense, probably top five, just by the sheer power of Luca alone. And that's what we're seeing again. So no, no real surprise there. Yeah, he's now officially having like a ridiculous season. Yeah, yeah. Now that yeah. the shooting has has normalized. Yeah, he's he's a uh, instead of just like plateauing you know which would have been a perfectly fine thing for a second year player going into a third year it'd be perfectly fine if he just plateaued at where he was but he's now i'm i'm comfortable saying he's now playing better he's now showing the the improvement that we've seen every year of his basketball life i think and and so it shouldn't be surprising it isn't that surprising because of his history but it is unbelievable that a player is is just makes it look this easy and is is this good at getting better you ready for the next player? I am. Let's talk Josh Richardson, who is uh, averaging about 32 minutes per game, second most on the team, which uh, I'm not sure I would have predicted with his up and down, but I think that's mm-hmm. about right. That's that's about where he needs to be. I mean, I, like ideally, you know, it, it's that much or more, but I'm glad that you brought up the up and down. I mean, it's just, it, it's been pretty inconsistent. I, you know, in, in their in their four straight wins that they just had, I thought we saw a better version Agreed. than we've seen otherwise, which, by the way, should be expected. Like, I, I think that we're going to get the best Josh Richardson, uh, Dallas Mavericks version as we approach the playoffs, as he's learned to adapt to playing with Luka and, and, and Porzingis and has gotten healthy. You know, remember this guy missed a bunch of time. I, I do want to see him shooting the ball more. I, I think that they need him to be more aggressive. But it, it it seems like the corner is turning. I feel I've seen where I've gotten good vibes from him. Definitely when I when I see him on the court, you know, he's under thirty percent on threes. That's not good enough. But it's also not who he has ever been as a player. He's always been even even in seasons he shot like you know thirty two thirty three percent. That's still you know he's still well below that. And so I I expect that to get better. He's averaging the third most assist on the team, but it's only two point seven a game. I, I like that he had a couple outbursts where he had, I think, eight in another game where he had like six or seven. I think that's a that's a good sign. I've seen some some solid passing. Um, the, the thing with him is just I need to see, I, I want to see more made layups and more attempts at the rim. Just just his, you know, I want to mm-hmm. see his ability to get there. Well, that's and, the thing about the three point shooting, right? Right. Is like certainly I'd love to see the the three point attempt rate go up. But you have other guys who can do that. So if he's putting pressure on the rim, his utility to the offense goes up in my mind, right. in my estimation. You know, if he if he's going to take four threes a game and, you know, be a 32% three-point shooter, that's not a shooter. If he's going to take eight a game, that's great. But at four, it, it is not good. And so if he's not going to take those, he needs to continue putting pressure on the basket. Because it'll open stuff up for other people. And to me, that's the reason why you go from from Seth Curry 
to Josh Richardson, at least on the offensive side. You say, this is a guy with a little bit more dynamic off the ball or off the dribble game, at least attacking the basket. We need that more than we need a guy who can shoot threes. That was kind of the, to me, that's the equation on on the offensive side. Yeah, he's taking he's taking 16% of his shots are are within three feet of the basket. So yeah, that's beautiful. that's the same as Tim Hardaway. Mm-hmm. And I just think that the the player that Richardson projects at is a more dynamic rim attacking player than Hardaway. It needs to be, you know, just because obviously he doesn't have the shooting that that Hardaway does. Individually, I thought Richardson's looked good uh defensively. Don't know why it hasn't translated to a better team defense. It's very weird. It's very weird they're this bad. I have a good idea as to why. Why is that? But we're, we'll get there. Okay. Okay. We'll get well, there. Well, next up, Dorian Finney-Smith, another player who I think individually has been pretty good defensively, maybe maybe a touch worse than what mm-hmm. we saw last year. Doesn't so much get like manhandled in any matchup. Just Just seems to... I don't know. I feel like his defensive errors or his defensive weakness is just like mistakes and he'll he'll lose someone. And, and it's not mm-hmm. like it's not like you see him being targeted defensively by any means. And certainly he still comes up with good plays. But uh, yeah, I'd like I'd like to see a little more consistency. Uh, it is good that his, his three pointer is, is back on track. Three ball. Looks 30, great. Yeah. Yeah. Thirty eight percent. And he's he's firing away. Mm-hmm. He's taken as many threes as, as Richardson has and and. You know, five five point one a game. So he's back to the, just about back to the player that he was, and I think that you know his defensive level and effort—not effort—he always gives effort. I think most most of the players on the team give effort. Yeah, uh, it was just last week or maybe two weeks ago that that had the whole effort thing on this uh, on this very podcast. But uh, but yeah, no, I, I think that he'll start looking better defensively as the team starts looking better defensively, and. Uh, very excited to hear whatever yeah. this theory is as as we get to it. Oh yeah, no, no, and, and again, he he will benefit when we get to the guy that we're going to talk about. He he'll benefit if if uh, other people do their <laughs> job. And, and like you know, it's funny, Dorian Finney-Smith. It's interesting. It's kind of like Maxi Kleba. I, I think a lot of times, you know, he just gets stuck in an assignment that maybe he's not quite suited for, and he plays over his head. And so you see him do that, and you're like, wow, that guy, what a defensive stopper we've got. But then, you know, sometimes it doesn't work out that way because that's how basketball works. And and you kind of get this wild swing in feeling. I think Dorian Finney-Smith has been excellent for them, especially as of late, and, and extremely consistent. Yeah, there are going to be the defensive mistakes. I mean, every player makes defensive mistakes. But I think you live with that with the way he's playing on the other side of the ball because his defense is good and the offense is, is, is actually kind of matching that. And I think that that's a good thing for them. Yeah, I agree with that. It's found money. Yeah, I think I think that's that's spot on. Tim Hardaway's next in minutes per game. He's averaging about thirty one. He is shooting thirty nine percent. He is a bit worse as a he went from a you know a top twenty percentile spot up shooter to someone who's now above average. Uh, I haven't checked his stats recently. I know that was the case about a week ago, mm-hmm. and I, I can't imagine they have normalized all that much. And that's fine. Like he's still mm-hmm. a a crucial part of the team. Uh, you need someone taking those those threes. That's important. Obviously, Luca's always going to generate a bunch of threes for his teammates. I, I like that he's been attacking the basket to get himself involved at at times. I've seen some finishes from him that I would not have expected, where he took a lot of contact. Love how he's running second units. Yeah, when he's getting the opportunity, that's big. 
I think that's a good role for him. I, I like him. I like him off the bench. I, th- I think that it makes sense. It makes sense. I, I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't sure how it would look overall, and and you know, certainly was a bit scarred, I guess, by how bad it, how badly it went last year when he started the year off the bench. But he's been good, and I do feel like him being involved in a game. You know, if he's not involved, then Dallas has some can have can have some issues, and so you know, games that they have not been in, um, which is. I'm blanking. Which which is the one that they were? It was the second Atlanta game where they were trailing and just didn't look like they were going to have it. And Hardaway yeah. comes in early fourth quarter. Early fourth quarter, running those yeah. units without Luca, without KP, and I, I think that that look, those lineups that they've been running there have been really really good for the Mavs, and got them back into that Atlanta game. I agree with that. I think that getting off into the non Luca minutes is very very important, and Hardaway doesn't always make it look. You know, he, he's not running, he's not a pick and roll Mastro who's doing the same things as Luca, obviously. Um, and some of his shots are hard. Like he, he goes and gets tough buckets, which gives me a tiny bit of, of concern that uh, about how sustainable it is. But he's always been a tough bucket getter. And so it's more of a situation where, you know, maybe this isn't the best possible way, but, you know, between him and Brunson, and we'll get to Brunson in, in just a sec, uh, I, I, I think that I feel better about the non Luca minutes. Uh, in the past couple weeks, that's that's been a huge source of improvement for the team overall, and I think that's uh, that's that's a positive development that that's going to help normalize or or has helped normalize this offense to to where we think it should be. Porzingis is next, and I feel like this is uh this is where your your moment to shine is is coming. Well, listen, I'm I'm a broken record right now. Um, <laughs> it's the defense with Porzingis, and you know. Uh, our colleague, my good buddy Seth Partnow, wrote about it in his analytical look around, where where he actually even included one of the more confounding defensive possessions for for Kristaps Porzingis, and he just he doesn't look right when he's moving defensively, and it is just it's not great, it's not great at all, and you know your point of attack defense can be great. But if you're giving up stuff like he gives up at the basket, it doesn't matter. And that's why it's so hard to judge the defense. Because what does it look like if you have just a league average center playing defense behind these guys? And I'm not talking about the offensive end because like, we know how much he raises the ceiling on the offensive end. But this team should not be treading water with Luka Doncic and Kristaps Porzingis on the court. They should be blowing teams out. And they're just not doing that right now. The The numbers are pretty damning for, for those two on the court in particular. And they're fine with KP off the court. Like, they do better with him off the court and Luka on. That's a problem. Like, they've got to find a way to, to solidify that defense inside with Porzingis on the court. It's the only way this team can, can have any sort of playoff hopes, not making the playoffs, because I think they're going to make the playoffs as we see that they're, they're a better team than they've looked like leading up to the last week or so. But if they're going to do something in the playoffs, they've got to figure out how to defend with Porzingis at the five. Here's a little peek behind the scenes of theathletic.com. Uh, I actually had a a feature really focusing on Porzingis and his health and his injury and his, his rehab. And, and then also just, you know, kind of addressing how preventative uh, rehab and, and preventative uh, medicine and modern medicine kind of work in, in sports uh, in, in this day and age. We're going to run it today, uh, which would be Tuesday, 
we decided to hold it um, for a couple of reasons. One, my editor was without power for like 20, 36 hours or something. So that, that was, that was one reason. Also just didn't feel right to run a big feature um, on a, on a Tuesday where this many people are, are uh, really struggling in, in the city. And I know that that obviously includes a bunch of our, our subscribers as well. But, but second is, is that I kind of, you know, when I started this feature a few weeks ago, it, it was, it was started more with a, you know, with a, with an optimistic spin and, I still have some level of optimism, but I am concerned. I'm definitely concerned that, you know, by now I thought Porzingis would be looking mobility wise, kind of like himself. And he has been turning around shot, shot making wise. And that's good. And that's, that's obviously important. He, you know, you gotta have at least something that, that he's doing. He's doing that. And, he, and, and, you know, the threes are going in. I always expected them to, I'm glad he's taking as many as, as he is. I, I always thought that he probably should take more than he does. So I think that's, that's a good positive development, but I agree that so much of the defensive breakdowns are caused by Porzingis being asked to guard a pick and roll. And, you know, some of it is the is the coverages. And, and they do ask, the Mavericks do ask Porzingis a lot of times just to drop in a very passive way. And that sort of passive defense is going to lead to issues if you don't have the personnel, the, the perfect personnel to, to really wall off the, the rim, like, uh, mm-hmm. like Milwaukee, who, who standardized this, this type of defense. And, you know, they had Brooke Lopez and they had, uh, Giannis. And, uh, you know, even if, even if KP could be, uh, Brooke, which I clearly, he's been worse than that this season. But even if he could be, you know, the Mavericks don't have a Giannis. So that does make it a little more difficult to, you know, to replicate that system. But then you ask, is there another version of defense they could consistently be running that would put KP in a better position? And I'm not sure there is. I don't think I want KP switching when he does switch on to a, you know, even a, even a well, three. Well, because he can't move. Yeah, he can't move. Like he's, he's getting burned by, by Andrew Wiggins and, and Kelly Oubre, which granted, you know, that's going to happen when you get a big on a, on a, uh, on a wing, but but those are those are bigger wings, and and you know if 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 he doesn't have a chance at those guys, and he hasn't, then he has no chance at guards. So you definitely don't yeah. want to switch a guard a guard big pick and roll. Well, the other thing is just when he's coming in to help, like the way he's moving. If he is, if he's not recognizing stuff early, he is just constantly getting there late. Yeah, yeah, I've seen too many instances where he, I thought he should challenge a shot. Like you know, his block numbers is up there, but. I think that it's it's very clear watching him that he doesn't pass the eye test as a as a rim deterrent. He is not scaring people away from the ring rim. In fact, people are very open to challenge him. And you know, sometimes Steph Curry is just going to kind of wedge his body into you and and get a spinning floater uh, or a spinning uh, layup off glass underneath the glass. You know, like that that is that is a, a, an example of a play that kind of sticks in the memory. His you know his fouling is just like barely like slightly up. And I actually think that's a, a bad sign because he he's clearly moving slower defensively just on the eye test. I'd like to see him fouling more because it, it means to me that there's at least more um, a deliberate effort after you're late to try to yeah. get into the play and mix something up. You know, and and I know that might sound counterproductive, but it's just you know he's got to improve his recognition of what's happening on the defensive end and then obviously the follow through but so much of it with him is that he's moving so poorly that if he's not pre-rotating to where he needs to be he's not able to get there in time so yeah we'll we'll have a just to just to close the loop we will have a uh, Porzingis feature in the uh, in the probably not this week now but in the coming days I do want to 
kind of jump back and and use this use this piece, which I think is is really interesting. It has a lot of in, interesting information, but I, I do want to jump back and and just kind of look at this this new not not new issue, but just an issue that I didn't think would be continuing as as long as it is at this point. You know, I, I don't think it's right to publish this feature without you know really addressing that at least to some capacity as well. So, you know, once I once I have a little bit of information there, I think I think we'll get we'll get that piece out. So, there's the uh, there's the behind the per- curtains peek. Um, if you're if you're good on KP, we can jump over to Maxi. Yeah, yeah, I think I'm good. I mean, look again, I'm just going to sound like a broken record until he looks like he looked before. You know, he got hurt in the bubble last year, and, and I, it, it stinks to say it because it's clearly physical to me. It's or very wait, are you still talking Porzingis? Physical. Talking about Porzingis, yeah, but okay, okay, you know, because sense. I just can't. It's it's very hard to ignore because he's the elephant in the room for this team. If he's performing up to the standards that we have all set for him, we don't feel the same way about this team. We feel much better. I agree. I agree. I, I think that from the moment he was traded for, he was always traded for being seen as a two way center. And that's right. If he can't be a two-way center, then the dynamic of what he means on this team and what he represents to his future changes. So mm-hmm. definitely not out on him getting back there. But uh, but but yeah, no, it's it's a it's a concern. I'm all the way in on Maxi Kleba. All the way. All in. the way. Same. In. Love Me him. too. Love him. Love him when we agree to agree on this yeah. podcast. The guy, he's been great. Ninety-five percent of the time. He's been great. I, I, it's been it's like ninety-four percent of the time, which is Maxi Kleba's free throw percentage. <laughs> Would you have known that? Um, well, I'm looking at his stats, so yes. <laughs> uh, he's he's literally he's missed one free throw this year, but he's not shooting many. So not you know, shooting many. Listen, uh, I think Maxi's been fantastic, and I talk about this all the time. I, I believe that he is playing over his head as far as the expectations for him. I think that's a great thing. Like the, the, the Mavericks are getting a ton of value out of out of his salary because yeah. of how good he is, and and his. His flexibility is just fantastic, you know, and you can trust him defensively. He's he's being so aggressive shooting the three ball. I I mean, I don't know. I think Maxi is really good. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. He's having a great year. It's weird he's not the pick and roll threat that even he even that he was two seasons ago. Yeah, um, he's just bad at two pointers. It's he shoots thirty six percent on them. Um, I think they'll normalize a little bit, but it, that, that is a that is a weird quirk to his game that he's really turned into only a three point shooter, which is fine, which is fine from that position, and it's and he's hitting them the best he ever has. You know, probably will but fall he defends, from. Though. Yeah, and he defends. I, I think his defense is still still looks a touch off for me, but it looks a touch off as in like he had a major respiratory illness and it affected him worse sure. than any other player on the team. So that's that's where I'm seeing that. I, I think that he is he's obviously a very valuable player to this team and it will continue to be. Uh, Jalen Brunson is killing it. He's been fantastic. Uh, you think they could have used him in the playoffs last year? Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, you know, that like it's just so funny to me when you watch Jalen Brunson and you see the role that he's able to play and you think about how, you know, he he bumps Trey Burke down the depth chart into a role more suited for for Trey Burke. You get solid playmaking, you get solid shot making, you get solid defense. I mean, you know, Jalen Brunson is it's just funny. Like he's a perfect Villanova player. <laughs> it's role player university. And I think Jalen Brunson is is a perfect role player for this team. He can start, and you don't really like it. Doesn't hurt you if he's starting for you. It, it helps you. He's a good player, but he's perfectly happy coming off the bench. Been great in those second units with Tim Hardaway. I, I 
Jalen Brunson is awesome, and, and it really does make me think about a missed opportunity last year in the playoffs. I mean, I, it's maybe they beat the Clippers if they have Jalen Brunson. It's a crazy thing to say, but they seem to have catch, caught the Clippers at the right time, and they were one guy or two guys short. I think Jalen Brunson was one of them. Brunson filling the creation void that this team clearly has to a degree. Uh, probably the most important development in the past couple months in terms of stuff that wasn't just expect I was expecting to change. Like I, I wasn't sure if he was able to fill it to the degree that he has, but he has absolutely. He's been great. He's, you know, we mentioned him up top when we were talking about Hardaway, you know, Brunson has, has been another key factor to the Mavericks getting better in the non-Luka minutes. That's important. And then just, you know, even in, I think it's just as important when he's on the floor with Luka that, you know, Luka does have a, a, a person he can pass to. And, and that's why I think that, We've we have decided that the you know the the Hardaway Richardson Finney Smith Porzingis with Luca that that five sum isn't the closing five sum anymore that that you know that's what we envision heading into the season but unless Richardson does kind of morph his offensive game to have more pop and juice to it which again I, I still expect it will to some degree but I don't know if he's going to be anywhere near the level that that Brunson is creating right now. And mostly Brunson's creating his own shot, and that's fine. Um, Need Jalen Brunson to get that three-point rate up, though. That That's my – if I'm going to give some constructive criticism, I'd like to see more threes from Jalen Brunson. Yeah, I think that's fair. He does shoot – I do feel like most of his threes – I don't have the stats in front of me. I do feel like most of them are catch and shoot. So mm-hmm. that part's good. It's good that he is taking you know the shots created for him about 85% of his threes are assisted. So I don't need him creating his own threes. Clearly he is a, what what he does best in terms of creating jump shots is in the mid range. And he's really good at that. And he hit, mm-hmm. and he's efficient enough to make it worth it. So I'm fine if he's not creating his own threes. I'm uh, not. Out, out there. I'm not. Interesting. Shoot more threes. Fair enough. Fair enough. I think, I think that you're, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. I mean, I think that, it's it's a three-point league so in, in that sense yeah. but you know i mean i guess the big question is if he's gonna start shooting self-created threes is he gonna make them at the same clip like maybe he just doesn't have that in his bag right now maybe and if not. he doesn't that's fine so but you're gonna change the ge- geometry of the court more guys shooting like shooting off the dribble and creating your own shot is the most valuable skill you can have in the nba he can clearly create his own looks and we, like he's good at it i think if he if he swaps some of those mid-rangers for threes you're gonna you're gonna pull the defense away. It's gonna make everything easier for everyone else. So if I'm given criticism, that's it. That that said, Jalen Brunson is one of the few guys that it's really hard to nitpick because he's been so good. Yeah, I agree with that. We can start going a little quicker now that now that we're past the the main seven. Who we're are past the good every, players? Yeah, no, I mean it, it is it is interesting, funny. Um, disappointing i don't know there's some adjective to the fact that there's really only seven rotation players and then rick will choose to use james johnson willie Colley, stein trey burke dwight powell but not consistently every game and mm-hmm. then even past that like it's really an 11 man team in right. boban that in boban that, that nobody nobody else like it, this team does not have depth um well and, you know i want to pull at that thread just a little bit because okay. you know we, we talked about andre drummond We've talked about like bigger names that they could be going after. We've even talked about Giannis, you know, before he signed and stuff like that. It feels like they could really use the eighth, ninth, and tenth guy on this team. Yeah, right. Like, like are those guys just out there? Is there anybody floating around that that is interesting to you? 
Is Dwayne Dedman interesting to you at all? I'd be lying if I said he was. <laughs> <laughs> sure, but you'd also be the first person to admit it if he was, right? Like I don't, I don't I, think they need another big man. I mean, I think, sure. I think that's weirdly enough where they have the most depth, and I do trust Cauley Stein, Powell, and Boban. You know, I do trust one of those three when they need another big man in the rotation. I trust one of those three to fill the void. Where they're missing is is guard and and uh, wing depth. Here, I'll, I'll just I'll kind of rattle off and stop me if if you. Uh, if you have any dif- differing thoughts on any of these players, but you know, I think James Johnson is is best as a kind of energy spark player. He just is mm-hmm. not a good enough shot maker. Yep, um, doesn't I, I create would... two pointers, doesn't hit threes. Four four slash small ball five, and um, I, I like what he does energy wise. But if 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 it's not there, don't play him. Yeah, yeah, can't can't be in the rotation anymore. He hasn't. He yep. just wasn't good enough. Collie Stein, I like a lot. I, I do think that he's also best served not being relied on every single game, and and we've seen that. But clearly, you know, I actually think that you know his his numbers are wild. Like they're far and away their net rating is best with Collie Stein on the court. Mm-hmm. And you kind of look at two man duos, and it's like I think the top five are all Collie Stein, which is going to happen when you have the best net rating on the team. But but it's very funny how good that well the team plays with Collie Stein. A little bit of that is is statistical bias because I think he has a shorter hook from Carlisle mm-hmm. than other players. Absolutely. So when he is not playing well, he gets taken off the court shorter. So basically he just doesn't have bad stretches to kind of weigh him down. So I do think that there's a little bit of that going on, but he's he's good. He probably should should have a longer leash, quite frankly. He's been that good. And yeah, I'm I'm impressed. I think I think that he I just is, love I just love that he's athletic. Yeah. You know, getting some athleticism in the middle makes a big difference for this team. Trey Burke, I'm good with 5 minutes a night. If he's hitting shots, he's hitting shots. If he's not, then you know, yep. He's same thing. He doesn't play a game. Uh, Dwight Powell, uh, another energy guy. You know, kind of different look than James Johnson. Although, if you kind of think about it, they functionally do similar things. Obviously, Johnson does more ball handling and and uh, and passing, and and Powell will be more of a role threat. But otherwise, they're non-shooting four four fives who are energetic defensively, but not amazingly good. And cramped so, spacing. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So he's he's a good player to have it, you know, as an option, and that's I think about all he is going to be for the foreseeable future. But fingers crossed for him. Obviously, I'm rooting the best for him to get back to a, a previous, you know, a pre-injury form. Although I don't think it's super likely, uh, but he'll be better. He'll he'll keep getting better. Achilles recoveries are something that you know you really see. You really get back to your best 18 to 24 months after, yeah. and we're just a little bit past 12. So maybe by the end of the season, he is pushing for more of a full rotation role. Wes Awundu and Josh Green are the same player right now, which yep. isn't ideal for Awundu. No. He's not better for a rookie. They're not fine better for than, Josh a, than Green. a rookie. Yeah. yeah totally okay, fine okay for, for Josh, Josh Green. Green. Yeah. <laughs> little, yeah. little worried, you know, of course, a little bummed out that they didn't, that, you know, all the players drafted around Green are performing. and oh, Player of the week. Sadiq Bay, player yeah, of the Sadiq, week. Yeah, so it's not just Desmond Bay anymore. It's Sadiq Bay. It's it's um, Tyrese Maxey has been good. Yeah. He, uh, he at least had one good game. I don't know if he's been consistently good. Maxey's so. been okay. He had okay. he had one good game, but a lot of times, like I actually think Maxey could use some time in the G League just to kind of uh, yeah. get get some more reps um, against professionals. But uh, listen, um, judging any rookie right now is a bad idea. I agree. I, I like Josh Green coming out of the draft. I still like Josh Green. I agree with you that this those two guys being the same player is way worse for Wes Owundu. 
And I I wonder, you know, like, is that just a wasted roster spot for them at this point? Yeah, but you can't really cut them because can't. they guaranteed them money. You, and you need year. and you need bodies because of the, the way this season is. So yeah, if they hadn't guaranteed them money, I would just wave them and, and go sign yeah. a more useful player. I, I well, legitimately that, we that even is, talked that is, about. We talked about how they added all this wing athleticism, and you know it hasn't worked out. But still, like I, I think you take those bites at the apple. It's still worth getting Wesawundu and, and hoping that it works. It just didn't. I mean, that, that's kind of roster management. But, man, I, I'd rather see those minutes going to Josh Green. Yeah, yeah, I, I would agree with that. Yeah, it's it's a bummer that Owundu, like, I saw why they thought Owundu might work out. Mm-hmm. And he's been worse than he was in Orlando. Uh, he was. That's yeah. the other weird thing. Like, he was a better player in Orlando last season. Granted, he had a more stable role which says something about Orlando and where they're at depth-wise. But he did have a more stable role, and maybe that affected it to some degree. But but yeah, if, if he, I, I would legitimately just advocate for going, getting, going and getting a different player, if, if not for that guaranteed money he has on the, on the sheet next year, though, which would reduce how much spending power they have next offseason. And we know that, you know, the entire, the team's entire future at this point revolves around that offseason, which is not a great spot to be in. But again, well, that's a much bigger topic that we'll, we'll circle back to at a, at a, at a later point. Maybe next week. Maybe next week, in fact. <laughs> and then Boban. Boban is who Boban is. We know who he is. And then Tyrell, Terry, Tyrell Bay, and Nate Hinton are all not ready so it's good that they're off with g league teams because that is that is functionally the the best place for them yeah and and i gotta say like really lucking out getting a g league bubble because these are guys i mean if they hit the mavs have have really struck some gold and i think that getting an opportunity for those guys to get some reps and to be able to know what you have is is huge and you know um i don't have you been watching the g league games at all no, I've watched the ignite. I haven't watched any of the the Mavericks games, but I've watched the ignite because those guys, you know, it's it's go ahead and start some draft prep. But I mean, I um, keep an eye on some tweets, but yeah, no, yeah, I, I, I think have the not, bubble, I have not been following. I, I think degree. we we might see some of these guys, these G League guys that are playing in the bubble, really get a big boost out of it in a way that maybe they wouldn't out of a normal G League season. So I, I'm curious to see how that all plays out, but. Um, you know, I, I, I think, uh, I want to say I heard Tyrell Terry was looking pretty good. He had a, I might be making that up though. He had one game where he had, he had big stats, but he, it was like 25 points on 25 shots or something oh, like that. Okay. Uh, but still getting stats is good. He had it. Got, he had it. Good. Yeah. He's, he's got some extended run and, and blowouts and he hadn't really put up, uh, numbers. Like just even getting numbers, even inefficiently, is a, is a good thing for a young player. So, um, and and to your point, I think that one of the toughest things about the G League is the travel, and having it all in a bubble, I think, is a mm-hmm. much uh, cleaner environment for that. I guess, dude, you're a rookie. Cleaner, but you're a rookie. All you're doing is lifting weights, eating, playing games, and practicing. And I right. could not imagine a better environment for a rookie. It's it's kind of. It's it's going to be interesting to see the young guys coming out of that G League bubble, and and I wonder when we look back at at the NBA bubble and we look at some of the young guys that that got to experience that, and, and when we watch the course of their career and how different it might be because of it, um, I, I think the G, this G League bubble could be very similar, and you're going to see these guys in huge roles in the G League because that's how the G League works. It's it's interesting. That stuff's going to be worth watching. I think. I think so, Dave. My desk is in the coldest part of my apartment, and um, we've been we've been talking for about forty two minutes here. So yeah. 
I think we can uh, we can wrap here. And I'm yeah. gonna go. My desk is actually in the warmest spot in my house, and that is not a joke. It is <sighs> way too hot. No, 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 no. It's way too hot during the summer. Mm. Oh yeah, I typically that is the Dallas or the the, the Texas um, problem. The Texas mm-hmm. the Texas tradition. Mm-hmm. It is really hilarious that our infrastructure broke down. Uh, well, it's not, it's not funny. It's sad. It's sad. Yeah. Um, hilarious. Like yeah. hilarious and a morbid, but yeah. yes, obviously it's yes. very sad, but yeah, yeah, yeah. this was always going to happen. Like our infrastructure had been band-aid together, together for, for years now, decades, mm-hmm. if, if we're being totally honest. And so, you know, it was, if it, if it wasn't the winter, it was going to be the summer at some point. So that is, yeah. uh, hopefully we well, get things patched up in, uh, listen, in an appropriate way. We're almost through everyone. It. We are. Everybody stay warm. Please warm. stay warm. Um, stay home. Don't do, drive in uh, this stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I know some people, you know, if you have to drive, you have to drive. And if you, if you don't have to, then definitely, definitely avoid it. So that's, that's it for us. So we'll be back next week and we will see y'all then. Thanks for listening. Oh my God! It's a wrap.